0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Cale Brown. Now, I didn't play a doctor on TV, but I will prescribe Brandon's Buzz for... Absolutely. Anybody who wants to know what's really going on.
1: Hey, guys, this is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz.
0: This is Taylor Dane, and you are listening to the one and only Brandon Buzz. Hi, this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz, and I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah. Uh, This is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big. I'm live and kicking on Brandon's Buzz. Hi,
1: this is Dave Romero, and you're going to love buzzing with Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to air this show, but I'm taping it on Thursday, January 28th, 2010. Uh, it's, I've got a great guest on the phone, and I'm literally just going to dive right in because we've got a lot to talk about, and I just want to, I just want to get going on it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to take just a moment here and try to make you all seethingly jealous. A couple of weeks ago, while I was in the LA area, I had a fabulous, amazing, hilarious two-hour late lunch with my guest today in a cozy, fun seaside restaurant, which is literally a stone's throw away from the houses and mansions and compounds of some of the most famous people on the planet. I've loved this woman since I was all of 11 years old, and having met her, I can personally testify, as criminally gorgeous as she has always been on television and film, the camera does not do her nearly enough justice. And even after 51 episodes of this show, she remains the most popular, most downloaded guest in Brandon's Buzz's history, and she's returned today to break down the specifics of her latest project, The Elements of Life. You know, I have a feeling she's about to tell me that I've gushed over her quite enough for one day. So I'll just tell you this. She's spectacular. She is one in a million. She is Nia Peoples.
0: Oh, my gosh. I- I've got to take you everywhere because I'm listening to this <laughs> intro and I'm going, wow, who's coming on? <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I love it. Wow my boom box of, of my own theme music that's great it's like Rocky I'm just walking around I don't need those girls singing in the background I just need you that's great well I'm, I'll tell you I what I I'm going to call it <laughs> I'll
1: send you an EP3 clip and, and you can just take it with you wherever you go you can just blast it at full volume
0: oh, from your car
1: as you're driving into wherever you're going <laughs>
0: And how much fun did we have? Thank you so much for coming out and having lunch with me that day. It was really fun. That
1: was such a blast. I, you know, I was nervous as all get out, and I know you caught me staring at you several times because I just couldn't get over how gorgeous you are. Uh,
0: must have been the lighting. We were sitting. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Nah. You know, celebrities are very smart, you know. They know right where to sit in the restaurant so that the lighting hits them just right. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm one of those, but I'm, I may have lucked into it that day. <laughs>
1: and you know, as I told you, it was so funny because I kept expecting you know everybody to just go crazy over you when you walked in the door, and it was just like we were normal people. It was it was very funny.
0: We are very normal here. I mean, you have to remember, I live where there are people who are way more famous than I am.
1: I know you you, you pointed out Barbara Streisand's right. house down the down the shoreline and. Yeah. You were talking about Sean Penn living nearby, and I was like, what? Right, right, right.
0: And then that's the other thing that cracked me up with the entry you're talking about. And you were, you are. You're a, a stone's throw away from all these giant mansions and everything, but you failed to mention that I actually live in a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's by choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a cheapo trailer. It's a nice trailer, but it's a trailer. I live in a trailer. <laughs>
1: So anyway, let's talk about the elements of life here. You know, the last time you were here, you talked at length about your d- desire to kind of tackle something like this, be it in book form or in some online form. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about how this project finally gelled together the way it has.
0: You know, it's, it, it, this has been brewing for a really long time for me. And I think after the death of my father, which he, he passed away a little over a year ago, I really just kind of sat still for a year. Not totally still, because Mia is always in motion. <laughs> sure. But I I really didn't want to strive for anything. I didn't want to set goals for myself. I kind of just wanted to be, to see what came forth. Mm -hmm. And this is what came forth. And I'm so happy to be doing it. You know, I'm not getting paid to do it. I'm not even charging people for it. It's there because it's something that I just want to share. And I really feel like women need a place to go where they can be encouraged. And men, too. Men have, have talked about wanting to come onto the site, and we're building a little special area for them as well. Excellent. Um, and just learn. I mean, I, I'm not an expert at anything except being me. You know, you're an expert at being you, and some other people have more than just their expertise in being them. But for me, you know, there's just a – there are certain things that I've learned through 30 years of being a celebrity and, a, and 20 years of being a mom and being married so very many times. <laughs> So, <laughs> no. just there's a, just a lot of things that I've learned and, and I want to share those things as well as, as the truth, which is we're all still learning and growing. So I, it's just a place for people to, to, to share that information, pass on some of the knowledge, as well as let everybody understand that we're still growing, we're still evolving, we're still learning, and it's okay to do that. Just embrace it and continue going on. It's really fun. I'm having a blast. You, know, you mentioned your dad. You guys, you guys were pretty close. We were very close, and and I mean, you know, we went through our different periods of time, times where we were really close, and then those times where we kind of couldn't speak to each other for a while just out of the health of the other one, because sometimes when you're that, when you're really, really close, when you start growing and changing, it can be hard to allow that to be, but it is really the only thing that we can count on is that there's going to be change, wow. and so you have to be willing to embrace that, and so we went through our things, but... I don't think we'd be normal if we didn't. And he was just such an inspiration for me. And even after he passed away, I really was kind of freed up to look at him and view him in a different light from a different angle and see all of the things that he'd come through to make things possible for my family. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you don't always see the adversity that your parents are coming through to provide the things they want to provide for you. Sure. Sure. Um, and then, you know, as you have your kids, you go, oh, okay, now I can understand my mom a little better and how we drove her crazy and why she was like she was with these things. Or, you know, you just, you just gain more and more and more respect for people as you move in and grow into your own life. And, and even in my dad's passing, I really looked back and continue to look back and go, wow, I didn't know the whole man that was.
1: You know, my dad died five years. It'll be five years in April. And, mm. you know, there were ways in which we were remarkably similar, and then there were ways in which we were dramatically different. And, mm-hmm. you know, in dealing with my grief over, over his loss, you know, I've, I've learned quite a few things about myself and about the way I see the world, and I'm wondering if, if you found the same to be true in dealing with your grief over, over your father's loss.
0: Well, you know, it's an, it was an interesting thing because um, I had different – I could identify different kinds of grief. Of course, there was the grief that he wasn't in my life anymore. He was the first man that ever loved me. You know? <laughs> sure. Someone put it that way and went, wow, um, never thought about it that way. But there was also the grief of his not being able to fulfill some of the things I felt like he really wanted to fulfill. That was actually even harder for me than losing him out of my life, was knowing that he left this world before he could find a place of peace with certain things and a place of expression. For some of his artwork and his talent that he really, really wanted to, and then grieving for my mother, who has been married to him for near 50 years. So the, there were absolutely different kinds of grief, but also what came, which was, this was really interesting, and it happened to many of us in the family, and my dad was absolutely the head of all of our family, my mom and my dad both, my extended family, my cousins, they were the only solid couple in all of my family, so they were like the, the surrogate parents to everyone. Wow. But what happened was we, when that powerful of a force left the planet, we each were called to recognize our own powerful force that had been inspired by him. And we all, oh, I really see many of my cousins and my sisters and I just kind of stepping up to the plate and going, wow, I am all of this now. And I don't know that, uh, it's, that it took his leaving to make that happen, but in his leaving, it did happen. We all really recognized, I am all of these things. I am all of this. Everything he taught me is here, and now I'm stepping up and I'm living it.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, so it was, it's, it's been a fascinating experience, to say the least.
1: You know, you talk about him not being able to fulfill his artistic yeah. expression in, in any, in any uh, uh, spectacular way, I guess. Did you ever have a conversation with him about the fact that you were able to?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and it was an interesting, those were, inter, that's an interesting topic for my family because both my parents are very creative. My mother, talented dancer and, and uh, choreographer and just, and my dad, an artist and just the man who inspired me to always think outside the box. And there's no problem I don't think I could really solve because I really think if I think about it long enough and open up the universe greatly enough, it will come. It will all fall in line in the right time. But he was so frustrated with his own inability to get back to his art because Mm -hmm. he started a family very young. He and my mom were together from the time they were 19 and 20. And so I'll never forget driving. This was like five years ago. Driving downtown and my mom goes, oh, 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 that's where your dad was working when you were born. And I'm looking around going, where? I'm looking for like an office building or something. Uh It's right there, right there. It was a foster freeze. He was working at an ice cream joint when I was born, and so I'm going, whoa! You know, you're thinking about all the things he had to pull together to provide for his family, and one of those things was he chose to to put his art down. Wow! And it was.
1: And when you say art, are we talking about painting or poetry? I mean, what are we?
0: Well, painting, painting, um, sculptures, that kind of thing, and uh, and he, you know, he never had an opportunity to really get back to it the way. It, and he was so talented the way that he should have, and so there was always a little bit of pressure on me. Um, well, okay, let's say a lot of pressure for his girls to be able to do it. we had three daughters in the family, so there was always this this pressure for. It. He wasn't trying to live vicariously through us, but it was like you're not going to make the mistake that I made. Sure. Get out there and do your thing, and I did. But there was always this, you know. Then there was, uh, you know, there was this gray area of am I. Is this meeting your needs or mine? Mm-hmm. There's always that gray area with anybody that you love. So that was, that was an, always an interesting topic with us.
1: So uh, talk to me about the elements of life specifically. I mean,
0: uh,
1: uh, sketch out the general skeleton of the idea here.
0: Okay. Well, let me tell you how uh, the, it came to be. There were some people in New York, some business people who came to me and said, you know, Nia, you need to be a brand. <laughs> like we need a brand. Oh, you need you know fitness videos. You need hair and makeup products, and wow, 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 wow.
1: You know when you say brand, you think of Skippy peanut butter or, or Lucky Charms cereal. You don't you don't think of you don't think of the word Nea Peoples on on like a like a jar of pickles. No,
0: exactly. Yeah. Paul Newman. I mean, it's, it's always weird when you, when you go to the grocery store and there's Paul Newman with, like a bag of popcorn. <laughs> but okay. So they said, okay, fitness, that's something that that you've been into your whole life. Let's start with an outline for a book on fitness. And as I sat down to start writing it, I went, you know what, I'm not an expert on fitness. I know a lot of things about fitness, but the truth of the matter is where anything with health and beauty and fitness is concerned, I honestly believe that you have to start from the inside out. I can give you all the practical applications from, you know, what to stick on your skin to what to put in your hair and all the tricks to losing the cellulite on the back of your thighs. But unless you have the balance from the inside out, you're just going to keep diving and crashing. And this is really what it ended up being. I ended up writing out the outline and it became 12 different what I call elements of life that I think are important to really pay attention to there are things like individuality that is superbly important because i believe that with health beauty and fitness there's three things that are most important what you're born with Mm -hmm. how you feed it you know nutrition and supplements and emollients and how you treat it and that's stress and all of that sort of thing your lifestyle you can do anything if you accept all three of those things and so what this book became an outline for it became 12 chapters on those 12 elements that I think are really important. Each chapter I'm putting up as a teleseminar beginning in February. There'll be one chapter that goes up every month, and it's up for free. You just go and you listen. And what I do is I share certain anecdotes about, for instance, the first one is on individuality. I share anecdotes and quotes, and there are certain tricks that I've learned about um, how to bring that forward, certain games that I've played with myself, certain um, rules that I've set down for myself, and exercises. So there are exercises that I go through with the women. And then at the very end, I do what I call just my Cosmo thing, where I just give out flat, straightforward information. <laughs> Look, girls, if you want to drop fat, you got to bump this up and drop that. You know, keys, little, little things like that that are just very specific, I call them takeaways, where, you know, if you're looking for a certain thing, um, where makeup is concerned, I'm going to tell you what works and what doesn't. So it's a combination of both of those things. And it's a, it, so it's a whole year's worth of information, and it's great fun. And we're also creating a website, and it's at Nia'selementsoflife.com That goes up on February 1st. And it's a place where women can go, and I've got this whole um, what I call my inner circle. My trainer is up on it. Um, one of the life coaches, really good friend of mine, is up there. I've got Mike Linderman, who is a, my, was my son's counselor. He's a teen specialist. Yeah, we talked family. about him last time we were here. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's up there, and then I have my gaggle of girlfriends, where you can actually write in and ask them specific questions. So you can go on to my trainers and you know little space up there in my inner circle and say. You know, I'm 50 pounds overweight. What can I do? Or you know, or I am uh, I have a, a, a limp on my left side, and there's nothing I can do about that. So I can't run. I can't walk. What can I do to get myself in in feeling better? You can ask them questions, and they they will post the answers up on the website. There's all there's just a whole bunch of. Um, of things up there for women to help each other and to learn. And so this is what the whole thing is about. I really want to inspire women to embrace who they are and to move forward from that because life is short.
1: <laughs> life is short.
0: And if we go through it trying to pretend that we're supposed to be someone else or trying, or expecting of ourselves, if I expected myself to be Angelina Jolie, I, I may have a little hang myself tomorrow. But I'm Nia, and no one can be a better Nia than Nia. But no one can be a bread of Brandon and Brandon. And that's my whole thing is, ladies, come on. Toss those magazines aside, the ones that are telling you you need this, that, and the other. Reach inside and find out what you really want to do. Do you really want to be a soccer mom? If the answer is yes, fantastic. If the answer is no and you find yourself struggling because you're driving 50 miles a weekend to get your kids to and from soccer and it's destroying your home life, get rid of it. You know so th- these are the things I-, I really encourage women to ask themselves these questions so that they can have the lives that they deserve
1: well, and let's face it i mean everybody has something wrong
0: and and it, or everybody has
1: an issue to deal with i mean you know
0: it only one
1: yeah <laughs> well yeah, uh, one, yeah. <laughs> okay for for the sake of simplicity we'll just we'll just say that everybody has one issue but, okay. but uh, what I'm going for here is It sounds like you're taking this project, Elements of Life, and you're attacking it from different angles so that everybody can get something from it no matter what issue they're dealing with.
0: Absolutely, because here's the thing. There are a thousand different ways to deal with one problem. You've got to find the one that's right for you. I can't possibly – no one can possibly give you – the, the exact right one for you, and that's the only one that's going to work. There are so many options. This is really about women understanding that they have that power, and that those options are out there. And it may take a little research, but they're going to find it. You know, and this is what it's about. You, everybody can do it. Come on, let's all do it together, and give yourselves a break. You know, know that because you haven't found it yet, doesn't mean it's not out there. Let's just keep moving. It'll, it'll drop in your lap at some point. Excellent. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Everybody go. <laughs> Actually, you can go to neapeople's.org and sign up, which is great. Um, or you can wait until neaselementsoflife.com is up, which will be on February 1st, and go there and sign up. But it's free. It's wonderful. It's great. Well, I think it is. <laughs> I guess yeah. the jury's still out on that. Yeah, she says know, modestly. Lo- yeah. <laughs> I, I know, right? Ha- I, it's great for me because I'm enjoying it, and the people that are working with me on it are having it. so much fun. So I, I hope everybody joins in because I'm having a blast.
1: And so have you already have you already filmed and recorded everything that's gonna that's gonna go for for uh, the entire series, or are you gonna kind of play it by ear and watch how it develops?
0: No, it's definitely gonna happen. But I have recorded the month of February. Okay. And um, and developed, You know, the website will continually be in development. You know, we, we're a work in progress always.
1: So based on the feedback that you get from the people viewing the, the – is it going to be videos or audio? What is this?
0: It's going to be a combination. The teleseminar itself is just audio. Okay. Okay. Um, and what it is, is we put it up for free. You can listen to it as much as you want. And then after the month of February, the next one comes up. It goes into an archive. Then I ask you to pay for the, for the archival stuff because someone's got to hold that and it's got to, it's got to get paid for. It. So then I've got to record the next one well, probably in the next two weeks. I'll be recording the one for March, and then it will go on from there. Are people
1: going to be able to to uh, kind of download this and play it on their iPods or their MP3 players, or is it? Are you going to have to be at your computer to to access all of this information? They'll be
0: able. They will be able to do both. Um, once it goes into archive, they can download it. So that's how they take it on their iPod. I think it's going to be a good thing to listen to on your iPod. But at some point, you're going to want to sit down because there's journal work that goes in, and and I ask you to make lists of certain things, and to ask yourself certain questions, and you've got to answer them. And if you want to do the work, you've you got, you got to sit down to write it. Wow. Everyone will submit their questions, and depending on how many there are, I mean, um, Lord knows, I've, there, there was an Ask Mia section on my website, and I thought, oh my gosh, if I answered all these questions, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do anything else. <laughs> so we try to kind of pick the most common ones. uh uh-huh. Um, the, the most commonly a- asked questions, and then they post the answers to those, as well as if there's, if there's like, one question that's asked that really speaks to the person they're asking. So, for instance, if um, with my gaggle of girlfriends, this is kind of a fun thing, because moms sometimes or women in general will have a question that is just something kind of, it, f- it feels kind of inane. How do I get the spot out of my jeans? <laughs> How do I get my kid to go to sleep at night I have a newborn baby? You know, things like that, that It doesn't take an expert. It sometimes just takes another woman to them through it. And we all have our different ways of doing it. So I've got five women in the gag of gals, and we'll pick, for instance, we'll take one question, and they'll all answer the same question their own way. But if there is a specific question that we haven't chosen that speaks to one of them, and they say, look, I've got to answer this one, then they add that one on.
1: You know, you were talking about what you're born with. Is Is it possible to override that, or at some point are you stuck with what you're stuck with?
0: I don't think you can override it, but you can absolutely squeeze the most out of it that you can. I've seen people do amazing things with their bodies with certain um, shortcomings. You just have to figure out what it is that you can do to bring it to its best. Nia, at her best, is never going to be a basketball player. I'm just too short. (laughs) I don't care how much I stretch. I'm not going to be much taller than 5'2". I could elongate my spine by about an inch maybe if I really wanted to. (laughs) 5'3 is not going to cut it either. (laughs) So so I think it's really you you have to be kind to yourselves and, and give thanks for who you are. And and it's an interesting balance because in one regard you want to squeeze everything you can out of yourself and make the best of everything that you have and push yourself a little harder with something so you can have certain results. And on the other hand, you have to be willing to sit back and go, hey, this is great. I love myself. Thank you. It's a real balancing act, and I think that goes all the way through. If you have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking sure. about. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: I, I'm sure people ask you all the time, how, how do you do it? How do you, how do you maintain your celebrity and have a family? How do you, mm-hmm. you know, keep yourself looking so, so gorgeous, even, you know, past the age of 25? I mean, I'm sure people ask you all the time for advice.
0: They do, and they always have. And it's an interesting thing, you know, being 48 as opposed to being asked that question when I was 28. That's a big, big difference, and my thing is you know, getting it there is not the same as keeping it there, and now at 48, I have a whole different perspective on what it takes to get it there, and you have to, one of the important things is being willing to see where you are and change it. We are very guilty, I think, of hanging on to things that used to work for us and trying to force them into the shape of, of who we have become when it just sure. doesn't work for us anymore. Or
1: not even realizing that it doesn't work for you anymore because you're, so, you, you're so stuck in the mode.
0: Right, completely. And so that's, you know, my husband and I were joking because he says, ah, perfection's a myth. <laughs> and my thing is, you know what, it's, I, I don't think it's a myth. I think it's misunderstood because I think perfection is something that it's not a, a place that we arrive at and then stay there forever which is something I think women think, oh, once I get all this done, it's going to be perfect. I think, it's thing, I think it's something that you move through one moment at a time. So you get to experience little bits and pieces of perfection over and over and over again. It's embracing transformation. And so when you can really embrace all those moments of perfection and realize they're fleeting, they're moving through it and, yay, isn't this great, then your arms are open to be able to receive the next bit of perfection that's coming. You know, there there was a time when you know, let's take something really inane and just, but because it's visually, it's very simple. I had a workout routine that worked great for me when I was 25. <laughs> if I tried to do that workout routine now, <laughs> I'd be dead. It's not going to do for me what I need to, to be done now. And if I just keep hanging on to it, I'm, I'm I'm bringing misery into my life. So it's it's that kind of a thing. That's a very big issue, I think, with with all of us. And it's it specifically for women because we we are we multitask we have a thousand things on our plates we are concerned with keeping everybody in our household we're constantly trying to service everybody and we don't listen to our own voices enough in general and we don't we don't uh, cause the rest of our family to have to respect that you know what we need these things too but we can't expect that if we don't respect them ourselves <laughs> it's about teaching women that it's okay to kind of put their bid in for the things that they want in their lives. It's their lives. It's our lives. Let's have it the way we want it.
1: So I assume that, that each new chapter of, of of Elements of Life will go up on the first of each month? Is that, is that...
0: It goes up on the first Monday of every month.
1: Okay. And so when we get to next February and you have a year's worth of, of, of material and, you know, 12 chapters dealing with an individual topic, I mean, what what happens then? Does it start all over again? What's the...
0: What's the long-term plan for this? Well, in my head right now, it will just always be up and available. And people can come in in June and start there. There's no particular order to what these are. Um, When I wrote the outline for the book, there would have been an order and something kind of spectacular at the end. But I realized, you know what, I want anybody to be able to step into this at any point and be able to set it down. And not feel
1: feel so overwhelmed that –
0: Right. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't want them to feel like they have to backtrack. Sure, sure. Um, I want them to be able to if they want to, but I don't want them to feel like they have to. And so I'd love to just keep it up and going and up and going. And then at the end of the year, you know, we'll probably have a whole collection of CDs, and who knows what else to go up. I'd love to design a really cool leather journal that could go with it. You know, that's just me going, ooh, I'd like <laughs> to have that. <laughs> so, you know, stuff like that. And then, I, I mean, I'd love to eventually add in things like interviews with other people who have gone through it. Specific to that element or that chapter. You know, that
1: would be very cool, like before and after profiles, and and you know.
0: Well, just to share their experience sure. of what they realized about themselves sure. um, through that process. So, yeah.
1: And I think it's great that you are bringing other people into the discussion. Your trainer and you know the uh, Mike, the counselor, and you know other. I, I think it's great that you're bringing in other people. It's not just. I mean, your name is on it because your name is the recognizable one, obviously. But but it's great that that you're not you're not. Uh, playing the diva role here and just, you know, excluding other people's input.
0: No, well, no, I can't, I can't live without other people's input. And I think that's, you know, I, I can't be expected to do that. And believe me, that's one of, the, one of the difficult things of being a celebrity is that people will come to you and ask you certain things, and, and that's okay. But sometimes some people can put you in a place that you really just don't belong. You know, I'm a person just like you. I'm a, I'm a woman like every other woman. I love my children. I'm battling some of the same things that other women are. So I may be able to share some things that I know, but i got news for you. you got things <laughs> that that I need to hear from you. And so including other people really was important to me. I, can't, I, can't, I don't want anybody to think that I have answers for everything. I don't. And I want everybody to understand that they probably have some things that I need to hear as well. Sure. We have forums and everything up there.
1: I have been in the public eye since I was 21. I have seen miles of Nia footage and examined at least yards of it. I've seen myself look tall and stunning, and I've seen myself look like an elf that was hit by a Mack truck. Somewhere in between lies the truth. You know, living in the whirlwind that you did back in the day where you literally went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, jumping from TV shows to movies to you know albums and music videos, how long did it take you to find that magical somewhere in between? Or are you still looking for it in some ways?
0: Well I I don't think that. I think I I don't think I ever found the magical in between. What I found was that the truth is kind of relative. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it's not always it, it really isn't what I mean what is reality? And do I do I look good when I wake up in the morning? Do I look beautiful in this light or beautiful in that light? What what, what you, is what uh, is
1: beautiful for that matter?
0: Exactly. Well, it's it's in the eye of the beholder. But I really did Learn, because it, because believe me, I started off in the beginning just being such a perfectionist. Okay, I would go, to, like I'm saying, I would show up to the dailies. And the, what the dailies are is, is, you know, you shoot all this footage and you shoot it and you shoot it. Before it's ever cut together, it's just in reels, and they they put it onto a tape, and then you go in and you watch the dailies. So it's just one take after the next after the next. It's not compiled in any order, at whatever whatsoever. And I would watch and see, okay, well, hmm, I've got to fix my hair that way. Well, hmm, that didn't that angle wasn't really <laughs> well.
1: You know, and I can only imagine that in something like in a, in a forum like Fame, where everybody was young and beautiful, I would imagine that there was a little bit of competition between in inside of all of you. You know, because, I mean, you're looking at these people, even though you're all friends, I'm sure, and, and you know. No, we weren't
0: all friends, but I'm <laughs> <no>, just kidding.
1: <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, looking around at, at your compatriots there, I, I'm sure that, that some part of you thought, well, I have to I have to measure up here.
0: Well, but, you know, I'm, for me, it was never, I'm not like that. Um, for me, it was really about how can I be the best that I can be. So if I'm, you know, I look at the dailies and just on a visual, stylistically, I go, oh, okay. High-waisted stuff's not working for me. It's not – it's about how can I present myself the best that I can present myself. And so there's a learning curve there. But after, you know, viewing all these different things over the years, and I just realized there's only so much I can do. Um, I'm in shape, but in this angle, you know what? I look kind of heavy. Well – are you in shape or are you heavy? I mean, what <laughs> what is it? Yep. Well, it depends on how they shoot it. Yeah. There's so much. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what is going on here? Even, you know, you see um, some actresses or whatever, they'll have work done on their faces. And you know the reason they did it was so that, that it's just, it looks better. And yet you see it and you go, wow. Yikes. That yeah. looks bad. And... I mean, and well now what? You know, you might have been able to just move a light to make it look better yeah. for the shot. The reality is, we look the way we we are, who we are, and our faces are the way that they are. I look better in this light and not so good in that light. What am I going to do? I just want my face to be the best it can be. So, eh, take it or leave it. That's what it is.
1: And you know what's funny about lighting is it doesn't matter whether you're a Hollywood actress or whether you're just, you know, nope. uh, at a birthday party in a, in the park. I mean, you know, uh, lighting is everything in a picture
0: it really is. I would I've always said this. I will take a great DP, director of photography, this <laughs> guy, who, you know, who's responsible for lighting uh-huh. over a great makeup artist any day. And one thing that I've learned about myself and it might be for other people too if you look at pictures of yourself outside, I look way better in the sunlight than I do in just random interior light. Mm-hmm. You just notice things like that and I've had to look at myself an awful lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> lighting is everything. And that's actually one of the things I talk about in in one of the, the, you know, the takeaway segments of one of the chapters is when you put your makeup on, gal, don't just sit where you're sitting. Walk around with a mirror and look what's going to happen. How many times have you walked into somebody outside and gone, whoa, what what have you got on your face? Because they sat in front of those little lighted mirrors that everything looks perfect in that kind of light, and then they stepped into normal light, and it, you know... You look like Marcel Marceau. Just what? <laughs> it's, you, you gotta walk around and look in the light.
1: Well, and what's very funny is last time you were here, you were talking about how you did a you did a stage thing or something, and and the makeup was very heavy, and yeah. y- you thought you looked like a knockout, and so you decided you were going to wear it like that in real life, and of course in real life it doesn't work.
0: Oh, it's shocking! <laughs> and you get used to it. You're in theater. Yeah. You know, you have to wear makeup like that in theater because it, otherwise it doesn't mean anything. You have to have really bold kind of makeup so people can see you from afar <clears throat> but man you walk outside and that is you know woo.
1: but you know isn't it funny you how your how your perception way. of yourself can change on a dime
0: oh yes yes and that's another thing like okay gals you got to ask yourself this how many times have you passed by in a mirror and gone oh i like pretty good today yeah. five minutes later you, you walk bet. by another man you go oh my gosh that's <laughs> <hard>. the <That's> idiot <hideous." laughs> <laughs> within a span of five minutes it's ridiculous <laughs>
1: so having, having plotted this out a little bit, do you have a, do you have a favorite chapter, or do you have a a particular topic that you're interest, that you're very excited about diving into?
0: Right now, I have to say, because I have recorded the first one, the first one is my favorite. Um, the other ones have been written out as an outline, but once I dive into actually recording it, it becomes so much more alive to me. so the individuality is really right now it 's my absolute favorite, and I, I really enjoyed. M- doing that, and uncovered more as I was recording it. I thought, wow, what about this? Wow, what about that? So that is my, the first one is my favorite for now. <laughs> the second one may be when I record that Sure. I, <laughs> I
1: was about to say, it's probably, it's for, it's, that's going to be the story every month. Oh, this I, one's my favorite. Yes, oh, wait, uh-oh. that one's my favorite, yeah.
0: <laughs> I hope that's the way it is.
1: You know, don't let me get too personal here, but talk about your daughter a little bit. Talk about how you, I mean, you know, she's growing up in a radically different world than you grew up in. Yeah. And, you know, even with... I mean, the, even with the, the perks that your celebrity prov- uh, assumedly provides, seemingly provides. Right. Talk about what you see when you when you watch her grow up in this world.
0: You know, uh, celebrity. You know, well, I don't know if that provides perks um, because where it it can sometimes make it much easier for a child because they may get special attention in this way, or somebody might. You yeah, know, it's like with my son. He grew up sitting in the director's chair. Well, you know what? He, lost, he, he failed to learn the lesson that you have to work your ass off to get your butt in that seat. Exactly. You had no right to sit in that seat. The lessons that, that, that when, when things are made too easy for them, and it doesn't have to just be with celebrity. I see it a lot because I live in a place where people have a lot of money. Uh, sure. We, we really are passing up opportunities to strengthen our children by allowing them to walk through the fires. And it's a tough thing. You know, when you have to. Then, then they have to. And then they get through it, and they're better for it, and they're stronger. But when you can make it easier for them, we always do. Why can't we just not make it easier for them and let them have those lessons? And I say we, because I'm just as guilty of it. You know, my husband and I get into words about this over and over again, because I'll say, you know, I'll like, for instance, I'll be her advocate with a teacher, where I think a teacher is She's dealing with a teacher right now who is incredibly disorganized. So she'll lose papers, and, you know, Sienna will get F's on things. Oh, my God. I know. She's like an A student. I'm going, how? uh, Excuse me? (laughs) So now you've got the kid going, Mom, I turned that in. And you're saying, well, the teacher said you didn't. Yeah. What is really happening? I'm not sitting in there. And I'm trying to – I have to finesse my way to really try to figure out what's going on. But then I start realizing, wait, the teacher has lost her mind. And my husband, (laughs) of course, is going – Oh, wait, hey, somebody in that class must be getting an A. Sienna, if anybody can, you can. I'm like, no, you're ruining my life because I'm the one who has to do the homework with her. And if I'm having to redo it with her, I don't mean I'm doing it, but I mean, you know, you stand over uh-huh. them and you let them ask you the questions and you do all that. It's making my life miserable. <laughs> and so it's a, real, it's a real balancing act to, um, and it's a challenge not to take all of the trials and tribulations away from them so they can have a happy-go-lucky skip through their childhood. You have to allow them to learn to function in the world. Sure. And that means dealing with teachers who are disorganized. So, you know, you see those things happening and the tendency is to jump in and fix it for them. You really, you know, shy of of them really physically hurting themselves, you kind of got to let them walk their way through it.
1: And having said all that, are you are you more or less satisfied with with the way things are, are 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 progressing on that front? I mean, are you are you happy with with the with the child that you've created?
0: You know what? Here's the thing. So much of who she is, she already was. <laughs> I, I, I have to say that. You know, I can't take a lot of credit for much of anything. I, I really have to say my my kids are who they were when they were born. Now there were there are some things where I I absolutely have had an effect on them, for sure. But it's it's really a combination of how they were born and, and certain lessons that I've allowed them to learn and how I've guided them. But Sienna is incredible. She's just ridiculously fun for me. <laughs> she, she is just a hoot. You know, my son was a real deep thinker, and we had such an amazing life together, because I was a single mom when I raised him, so he was on all the sets with me. Mm-hmm. I would do the scenes, and he would be at my feet under the desk, you know. <laughs> just, wow. I had a totally different experience with him than I'm having with my daughter. With my daughter, she's got her father, my, my husband, is, is here raising with, with me, and so that's a whole different thing, but she is delightful, and one of my lessons as a mom is to allow her to learn those things and express herself the way she needs to. And as an example, I grew up being very particular. I was such an overachiever. So when my dad said, look, you're not in kindergarten yet, but you're going to memorize all your multiplication tables. Oh, my God. I went, okay. When I entered kindergarten, I knew all of my multiplication tables. I knew how to divide, subtract, add, all of that, because I had an older sister who was doing it. And so he just said, ah, sit up here and learn it, too. <laughs> And so everything for me was about doing it the way it needed to be done. Sienna is brilliant. I, I don't know how she learns things, but she does. She sits there and looks around in class and comes home and gets, and it, and gets it. I had to study, and I, you know, but she didn't. I, I don't want to hold her to the things that were necessary for me. Mm-hmm. I want her to find her own way. And if she chooses not to be an overachiever, that's her right. That's who she is. So there are certain skills that she's got to learn. She needs to learn to be organized, or she, she needs – those are skills that she needs to have. But the way she expresses herself through all of that, that's really – I have to leave room for that. So, yeah, I'm really happy with that because she's an absolute delight.
1: Which comes back to individuality, which is – Yes. Yeah. right. So the last time you were here, you mentioned in passing that you would love to write a column for *Soap Digest. And not six weeks later, there you were in *Soap Digest with your own column. And I ran around here for days afterward, insisting to everyone who would listen that I was the inspiration for this piece of writing.
0: Well, you know, it was one of those things where you said, well, you should, okay. And i got to tell you, it's such a great lesson because... I've kind of, you know, like I said, nobody ever believes me, but I was always the shy kid who would do things when people asked me to. I really never put myself forward. <laughs> if someone asked me to, I would, uh-huh. and then I would shine, and then, wow, okay, <laughs> there it is. But I would—I didn't start with my desire. Isn't that isn't that how
1: you tripped into your career, more or less? Yeah. I absolutely. mean, you told the story of how you went to a, a, a modeling audition with a friend of yours to accompany your friend, and, and you ended up with... With, yeah, With the gig.
0: It, was a, it wasn't a modeling job. It was a fitting for, yeah. for a children's series. Yeah, and I ended up with a job on another series. <laughs> but, you know, but the thing is, I don't really put myself forward for me. I'll put myself forward all day long for other people. I've made some insane phone calls for other people and really put myself out there. But on my behalf, eh, I really kind of don't. And so, you know, this is, was part of my lesson of, of just kind of being this year. I didn't want to do anything. I just kind of wanted to be. Uh-huh. And in being, it allowed my voice to turn up. And so when that voice came up and said, I want to write this article, and I want this article to be, it should be in one of the soap magazines. <laughs> and I thought, well, they know who you are. Pick up the phone, call the editor, and it just, you know, what's the worst they could say? It's like, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, second to that, nah, this, no, you can't write. But I thought, well, so, so what damage does that do? So I made the phone calls, and lo and behold, they made a space. So I'm like, woohoo!
1: How great.
0: I know. That's a lesson for everybody, right?
1: <laughs> oh. You know, it, it cracks me up that even though you built a career the same way young actresses have since the dawn of Hollywood, yeah. uh, very much playing that glamour game by necessity, you now rebel and even rage against that mentality whenever possible.
0: Well, it's just not – I don't like to say that I rage against it, but it's just not naturally who I am. I, I sometimes feel really glamorous. I'm dressed up a certain way. But in general, I, I'm like the earth. I'm like the leaves on the trees. I just, I'm sort of glamorous in my own way, but not in the way Hollywood terms it. And so I, I wouldn't say I rage against it, but I don't love it. I don't love making myself up to look as though I'm always that way. Sure. Just not.
1: Even though you remain staggeringly beautiful, and, you know, I'm not telling tales out of school here. I sat across a restaurant table from you two weeks ago, and I couldn't take my eyes off you. You were so lighting, stunning. Lighting, but, lighting. <laughs> you know, part of me wonders if because so much of your livelihood early on in your life literally uh, pivoted and hinged on you being flawlessly beautiful, if that's why you do rebel against the typical Hollywood image and game.
0: Well, I think there comes a time where you have to, um, you have to pick and choose your battles and what you want to fight for, and that's just not one of them for me and it also goes against what I believe in terms of embracing who you are this is really about me embracing who I am I am not that woman who is always going to love being on the red carpet I'm just not always going to love it sometimes it's fun but the funnest part for me is seeing the fans scream and yell and accidentally tripping on the carpet that you know "Ah, isn't that funny That is the thing, and having to get out of the
1: car and run through a traffic jam to get to the red carpet in the first place.
0: Right, <laughs> and that was the, that was the thing. I don't. The reason I don't like doing red carpets is because they're such a pain in the butt. You have to get the the wardrobe. You've got to get the makeup right. You got to get the hair right. And everybody's looking. And there's always going to, you know, this photographers are nonstop shooting, 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 shooting. You know, there's bound to be at least twenty five thousand frames that are horrible. <laughs> You know, you know how sometimes you get those candid pictures, and there's the one where your eye is like half blinking, or you're reaching to pick your nose or something, and they've caught it, and and it just looks you look insane, and and you know those are going to end up that way. So I don't love red carpets that way. But the only way for me to make it fun is to make it a challenge for me, and that was to, in regard to the absolute red, the actual red carpet, was to rage against it, and that was to borrow a dress. From the the wardrobe pit instead of going to a designer, and that was to go to TJ Maxx and to Ross for my shoes and my bag, <laughs> and to go, show up late. <laughs> and consequently, I ended up you know having to get out of the car in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard and run down the street, jumping over like homeless people and it, dodging ABC gum on the ground. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then you're just sweating because it was it must have been 110 degrees outside that day. Ugh.
1: You know, I, I know that you've done a good deal of, of uh, humanitarian work overseas with victims of various natural disasters. I'm wondering, when you flip on the news and see the devastation unfolding right now in Haiti, what goes through your mind?
0: Just what a big black hole that is. I mean, it is, well, there's two things there's that, understanding how difficult it is to specifically get all the the abundance that we have um, and the and the, get all the the supplies and the and the goods that these wonderful people everywhere else in the world are are trying to to give to these people to help mm-hmm. to get it from them directly into the hands of the people who need it absolutely there's just a big black hole in between there somewhere, but on the other hand, I have to say with the whole. Raising of money, the telethon that they did—how quickly they put that together and made that happen—it absolutely stunned me, and I was—and so the selflessness
1: of everybody involved. I mean, these are some of the biggest stars on the planet.
0: But they—well, here's the thing: it didn't amaze me that some of the biggest stars on the planet were willing, because I think people are very willing. The difficult thing is coordinating it to make it actually happen. I have a thousand ideas that people would be willing to participate in, but who's going to really put it together and make that happen? Mm-hmm. The fact that somebody did, that someone said, I'm doing this, and I'm doing it now, and here it is, bang, and they made it happen, mm-hmm. I was floored and so happy. So there were you know, kind of two things, two big different <laughs> opposite ends of the, <laughs> of the system here thoughts about that.
1: You know, it's incredible. You hear these stories of of American doctors and doctors in other parts of the world just dropping everything and heading down there to help, just to pitch in, do surgery, do whatever they can. I mean, yep. it's it's really incredible.
0: When you have a gift like that, or a, or a training, or a or a something like that that is so evidently needed, that makes it easier when you can just show up and go, "Look, I'm a nurse. Let me help you." That was one of the issues that I dealt with going on the tsunami relief journey that I took uh, back when when the um, when the big tsunami hit Indonesia, mm-hmm. what did I have to give? I don't know how to stitch people up. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't speak Indonesian. I only speak English. And I don't know how to navigate through the water. Sure. I, I knew nothing. So, that well, what did was, you do? Well, I think they gave me a camera and said, okay, oh, you take pictures. <laughs> no. But what I, what I realized was that I have a very strong spirit. So, where everybody else on the boat was falling apart uh, from lack of organization and, and frustration, I I was able to hold it together for everyone. I have a spirit that that can encourage people, whether I speak the same language or not. There's just something that I have there that lifts people, and that's just one of my gifts. I'm I'm very organized with – well, excuse me, I can be. I'm not in my own life. (laughs) On a boat, I'm pretty organized. And I'm really physically strong. So I pulled anchor I made you know when we made the kits for the tents and 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 loaded the dugout canoes to bring to the um, to the fishing villages. Mm-hmm. I was able to do that and make the fishing kits and and you think outside the box, okay, they need stuff to tie, well we're going they need stuff to tie things down let's we have old tires let 's rip these up and make rubber ties out of them you know i 'm imaginative, so I had a lot to to give without understanding what it was until I was in the middle of it, and that 's one of the the um lessons that i talk about in elements of life is that everybody has these gifts everybody has this light it's just unique to who you are so you can't feel badly i don't want to go and feel badly because i'm not a doctor or because i i can't um navigate the waters there are other things that i have to give everybody has it so it's about recognizing it and bringing it forth
1: what can the average person who wants to pitch in and do something, what, what can they do? I mean, is money really the primary necessity in this situation, or is there, is there something that average people can do?
0: That's a tough thing, because there's a lot of things that we can do, the average person, from, well, you know, from sending old shoes and blankets and old clothing to sending dry goods. The question is, who are you going to give it to sure. to make sure it gets there?
1: I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, they were saying on the news the other day that, that money is useless right now. I mean, the, the currency is water and food. But, you know, the question is how do you get it there? I mean, how do you, how do you well, get it to the people who need it and keep it out of the hands of the people who are going to
0: – And know, that, is the, that is the toughest thing because even when you deal with big organizations that everyone knows the names of, they're big companies. It takes them forever to, mm-hmm. to get the word from the top all the way down to the bottom, to the people who are actually going to make it happen. I remember when we were in Indonesian, my brother-in-law, he actually went first. And so he was right, he was boots on the ground the day after the earthquake hit. So he was right in the middle of it in, in Padang. And he went to one of these meetings of all of the um, NGOs and, and all the organizations that were there. And they were talking about how, okay, first thing we need to do is we need to send an assessment team out to figure out what everyone needs. And he went, you're joking, right? <laughs> you, need, you need to pay money to send, and take time to send an assessment team to figure out what you need. Let me tell you what you need. You need food. You need water. You need shelter. You need doctors. You need medicine. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. And he actually he had, he took the first journey out. He was the first American group to be out and about in the waters. And he took off and said, that's it. I'm going. I'm going to the docks. I'm buying my own stuff. And so what we had all done is we had pitched in money, like we took money out of our houses, out of our bank accounts, whatever. And he went and <clears throat> put together this little team. I was on the third team. He went with the first team, and they took this money and went and bought everything from water and tents to dugout canoes and live breeding stock. <laughs> they had live chickens and goats and stuff like that. Wow. So they could take them so that they could have the milk from the goats and then uh-huh. breed the goats. And when he set out... To go deliver this stuff to those islands, we, we focused on, on the islands off the west coast of Sumatra, as opposed to everybody who was right in Aceh and right in, in, um, in all the, like, more inland. Mm-hmm. And um, when he left, they said, you can't just go out there. You've got to tell somebody what you're doing. And he said, no, I don't. <laughs> Excuse me? No, <Tell> who? <laughs> What governing body are you that i got to tell you? <laughs> Goodbye. Because you got to tell us what you're going to do. No, I'll tell you what I did once I did it. And that was the attitude that we had to take because you can just get so bogged up with just corporate kapaka. I mean, there's not even yeah. a word for it. <laughs> like, yeah. It was a total sea of red tape. It was horrible. <laughs> and, you
1: know, I, I mean, I don't know this to be sure, but, uh, but I can imagine that there are, in situations like this, there are so many people on the take. I mean, you know, so many uh, kind of shady charities that present themselves as, you know, uh, worthy people trying to help the cause, but they're really not.
0: There are. I think mostly here in the United States, it's people that really want to help the cause. But the problem is, once you get it over there, you're in Piratesville. I mean, seriously, there are pirates all over the place. (laughs) They love it when these huge disasters go on. Mm -hmm. Because all they have to do is sail around in the waters, bang, they nail you. And, I mean, that happened to our second crew that went out. Actually, they were boarded by pirates. Wow. And they said, we're going to take everything you have. And thank goodness, my my brother-in-law and my husband were both, um, their father was a commander in the Navy. And so they were smart enough to get in touch with the one Navy boat, U.S. Navy boat, Navy ship, Navy (laughs) boat, a Navy ship that was just offshore and said, look, if anything goes wrong, can we call you? And they said, yes, let us, you know, just. Keep us kind of aware of what area you're in. And so when they boarded us, my brother-in-law basically said, fine, you're welcome to board, but you should know that everything on here belongs to the U.S. Navy and its commander so-and-so on this ship, and let me get him online so that he knows you're taking it. And then they backed off wow. and left. So, you know, you just don't – it's a different world <laughs> in these other places.
1: <laughs> and it's so easy to take for granted that it's, that it's a different world. I mean it's so easy to take for granted because of all that we know here. Yes. But it's, yeah. not like, it's not like it is here everywhere else.
0: No, and we, we are so lucky and so – I don't even like to say blessed because that, to me, connotes – it suggests that, that someone has, has said, okay, you can have this, but yep. you can't. Yep. And I, I just think, look, I was born into this. I didn't earn living here in the United States. I was born into this, and that's one of my things about patriotism. Look, I didn't even fight for this. I didn't earn it. I was dropped into it, and I'm so thankful for that because I could have just as easily been dropped into Iraq.
1: You bet. You know, this might sound kind of shallow, and and I'm sorry for that. But, you know, because it's all heartbreaking, no question about it. But, you know, seeing the pictures of that gorgeous presidential palace now standing in total ruins is just stunning to me. I mean, you know, part of you thinks that uh, who gives a damn about a building when hundreds of thousands of people are homeless and hungry. But, you know, I imagine how we would feel. Seeing the White House in ruins, or the Statue of Liberty, or any one of our national landmarks, it would just be heart-wrenching. I, I could, I could only imagine.
0: Well, because of what it represents, but really, that is all it represents. It's just, it's just a representation of something. Mm-hmm. In function, did it, did it really need to be that, <clears throat> that decorative? Sure.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, but that is, it's tough to look at that because of what it represents. You know, but even that cannot. It just reminds you that. All the wealth and all the the greatest minds in that country couldn't keep this from happening.
1: On to happier topics then. (laughs) Any news on the Teen Whisper?
0: Yes, actually. Oh gosh, the last two days have just been insane for me. Excuse me. Um, Just last night I was on a conference call, and we are now going to be doing it on CMT. Okay. Um, The, The Country Music Channel. The Country Music Channel. Excellent. Which is interesting, but they absolutely love this show. We are going into casting in the next couple of weeks, and the schedule says that we're going to be shooting it the beginning of March, which is really fast. So, so this that, is a definite go. Uh, well, I never say definite because I've been in the <laughs> middle of shooting things, and people can come pull the plug then. So, all I'm going to tell you is that as of now, we're in a creative meeting with CNT next Wednesday. And we're beginning the, the casting process now. In fact, if there's anyone in the L.A. area that has troubled teens and has a family that, is, um, that needs some counseling and is willing to take five days and go live on a ranch with this counselor and be put through some intense program to help clean up the communication within their family and just get, because the whole teen thing can be really, really hard, then you should contact me. Send a message to the administrator on neonpeoples.org. But you have got to be in the L.A. area.
1: And so you're gonna you're gonna tackle say one family a week or or, or what are we no no at it's here gonna be
0: those? two families a week and right now all we're doing is we're doing a special and if the special does well then it will go to series gotcha so we're working out right now it's really about working out the kinks of how the show really works so you've got to figure out how the program really works which we've already the program already works we've never done it on a ranch. So we 've got to figure out how the program works on a ranch, and we've got to figure out what the show actually is, how you shoot it, how you cut it together, what the beats are, that kind of thing. So that 's what we 're in the middle of now.
1: Because as you were saying last time, I mean in, in reality, what he does takes months. I mean, he works with kids over over a period of months.
0: Oh, he does with the kids, but I will tell you this, having gone through this with my son already, there were programs that I had to go through called seminars, and they one was three days long, one was four days long. They are so intense, and they jump you ahead. I made more progress in terms of understanding what my own buttons were, what my own self-limiting beliefs were, as well as gaining the tools to overcome them and gaining the tools for communicating better with everyone in my family within three days. It's so intense that it's amazing. So this is what we're going to be doing. It's a very intense process
1: so i would imagine that this is going to be a pretty a pretty wrenching television experience i mean i can
0: i guess you know see. that's what we're hoping i mean
1: <laughs> you know asking people to confront uh, some pretty dark demons on on national television that's a
0: yep but i would say that it's so worth it what i've gained i mean coming out of those seminars everyone in my family except my daughter went cuz she was just too young my son christopher went uh, when he was 17 my husband went and i went and i think every family should go through this You know, especially once you get a teenager, because (laughs) teens, oh, yeah, I know, right? They're changing, they're growing, they're in between being a kid and being an adult. And at some point, both the parents and the kids, the teen, need to understand that their life is largely in their hands. The choices they make are affecting their lives more than, you know, than how they were raised, even. That they have their choices right now to make. What what choices are you going to make? And that's the thing that they have to be accountable for their decisions, because it's they're the ones who are going to pay the price. And that's a big, big lesson. So, I these things are were phenomenal, and I wish everybody would go through them.
1: Well, when this hits the air, I'm going to drag you back here to talk about it more because. It, I mean, it just—it sounds fascinating, the whole program. And, and, I mean, this guy, Mike, he sounds like a, just a very, I don't know, very charming, very fascinating man.
0: He is so down to earth and just has a gift. My, I mean, Mike is a rancher. He's also a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he raises cattle and does all that in in Trout Creek, Montana. But he just has this way about him that is very to the point, and he cannot be... You can't lay a line of BS on him and and it's going to wash over. I mean, my son went through probably five therapists just cuz I felt like he had these things inside him that he wasn't he was battling and he wasn't really talking to anybody about them. Mm-hmm. And my son is so smart. He took all the Rorschach tests and all that stuff, and he worked those counselors <laughs> up one side and down the other. They had no idea what hit them. <laughs> He was really, really smart. He gave them everything they wanted. Mike was the only guy just immediately in the first day just to go, cut the crap. I see right through that. Wow. And he just has a gift. So we're lucky that we've got him um, and can hopefully we'll be able to share him with the entire nation wow. on a regular basis. Yeah. Is he excited? He's exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> we've been going through this. Oh, this is so Hollywood land, let me tell you. Two years it's taken to get this thing done people said yes a year ago we've had nothing but yeses the whole way but it's taken two years to get it to this point point. and mike and i were just we were on the phone last week going well, well i guess we'll see what happens and, oh i don't know and then all of a sudden bang we need a casting call for tomorrow night i'm going casting casting's the last thing that happens we're, did a deal get finalized somewhere that nobody told me about there's a schedule already
1: I'm sure in some ways the process is entirely antithetical to everything he believes in.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. He's like, what is going on <laughs> with this Hollywood thing?
1: <laughs> you know, News broke several weeks ago that you were also doing a pilot for ABC Family called uh, Pretty Little Liars. What can you tell us about that?
0: It's basically Desperate Housewives for Teenagers. That says a lot. <laughs>
1: Damn sure does.
0: It's very, very well written, kind of racy, I think. But very well written. It's basically about these five teenage girls who were best friends um, when they were 13. One of them moves away to Europe, comes back at her 16th birthday. Basically, she comes back. And right before she left, the five girls had had a sleepover and one of the girls went missing and they've never been able to find her. Okay. She just disappeared. So the whole thing centers on these girls getting to know each other again, and they don't know what happened to their friend. Um, And somebody, each girl has various, they all have their little secrets. Okay. Their little private lives. And somebody begins texting them. One will get a text message. One will get an email. One will get uh, just a note written in her locker that that says something to the effect of, I know what's been going on. And they'll mention something that proves that they do. And then she leaves, she signs it with the letter A, meaning Allison, that's the girl who, who was missing. Okay. So they're going, how could anybody, A, know that, I, that this is going on, uh-huh. and B, is it this person? So it brings all the girls back together again. I have no idea where it's going from here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm hanging on the edge, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat going, where is this going to go? Because I haven't seen any scripts forward from here. But there's a whole series of books called Pretty Little Liars, that are very successful. And that's what it's based on. So I suppose if I went and picked up the books, I'd figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I just wasn't that dedicated.
1: (laughs) But this is definitely going to series.
0: Well, it's got a 10-show pickup. That was the announcement last night. And here's the funny thing. Again, this is so very Hollywood. I got home last night from a meeting, about 10 o'clock at night, and opened up my email, and there was this, email from Kelly Larson of Soaps in Depth and she said congratulations Nia this is great for you I'm so excited and it was the article that came out end of day yesterday making the announcement and I thought okay I've not heard from my yes, agent yeah. I've not heard from the producers I heard from the gal at Soaps in
1: Depth <laughs> and I just
0: went wow okay and I just I, texted her, I, I emailed her back and just said this is kind of fun because I got to share it with her
1: <laughs> That's what you get for living in a trailer
0: Is that what it is? <laughs> I thought I was supposed to get better reception Living in a tin box
1: <laughs> You know ABC Family Has very quietly become one of the hottest things Going in cable television I mean, they, they have been extremely smart In kind of identifying and catering to their particular niche And they've done a dynamite job Of, of marketing themselves As the must land destination for teen girls In much the same way that the WB did a generation ago
0: Yes, yes that is what I'm understanding, and, and it was I I've got to say it was really nice working with Bob Levy. From the these are the guys that also produced um, Vampire Diaries, okay, and The Gossip Girl, okay, and so they have this whole way of doing it, and, and I'm am t- telling you moving, now that I've kind of moved into producing a little bit, I'm really on a different level of communicating with people. Um, when you step in as the star, as a celebrity or as talent, as they call it, people kind of keep you over in the corner. They protect you from things so you don't really know what's going on. They you know, it seems glamorous, but really what it is is non-informative. So, moving into the producer's end of it, I'm really um able to communicate on different levels and I'm except for scheduling obviously with the team with <laughs> And this, this um, but sitting down with Bob, and he he sat down and he and he, t- he told me how all this stuff came about. He said, "Look, we've got a whole new way of making these shows happen. We pitched the idea first to a book company. They say yes. They turn it into a series of books. A series of books becomes a hit. Bam! You've got an automatic audience. Now we sell it to TV. Wow! And so it's just boom, boom, boom. They know what they're doing, and ABC Family knows that they know what they're doing. And so it's been <laughs> such an easy thing because normally, here's what here's what you, you got to understand." Normally, when you do a pilot, you do the pilot, and then they pay you extra money to hold you for a year while the network decides. Now, when they signed me to do this, they said, your holding deal is only till February 15th. Oh, wow. Okay. And I went, what? (laughs) And so really what that tells me is these people are in business with people at a different level Uh where they can say, look, we know that this is good. We want to order this from you, and we 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 have confidence enough in you and what you've already done. And we know enough about our own audience to be able to say yes or no immediately, as opposed to just, well, maybe, because <laughs> that's normally what they do.
1: Well, I bet that's such a relief for you, too. I mean, you know, last time you were here, you were talking about the Young and the Restless experience, and I don't want to dwell on that, but, you know, <laughs> one of the things you said was the most frustrating thing for you was that there was no communication between you and the higher-ups, whoever they were. And, uh, you know, I would imagine that... that this kind of situation is, much, is, is something of a, of a relief to you coming from that.
0: Absolutely, because what they did, even creatively, they talked to me about, I mean, this, and this, we're talking about two different things. You've got the communicating on the level of the producers where you know business-wise what's going on. But just as an artist, as, a, as an actress, I've always been able to communicate with them creatively about mm-hmm. the character and about the show. And that's why Young and the Restless was so um, frustrating for me because there was no communication. With this, it's fantastic. They even It was an interesting process because when I went in and I read, um, I read for a different character. And they brought me back in and said, look, you're our pick for this other character. And I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I looked at the other character, and she was so different. And I went in and I read, and I, and then they were telling me that what they wanted from her was really opposite of what they had written. So it was kind of confusing and and everything. But what I realized as I spoke to them was that they had written a certain character, but once they met me, they wanted to bring more of who I am into that character. So they're molding it more to who I am and making her a little more earthy, a little more friendly, a little more that kind of a thing. But they communicated that Mm to me. And had they not communicated that to me, I just would have gone Balls to the walls. Mm-hmm. I, have balls, do I? <laughs> I have balls to the walls. You know, so the way that it was written. Yeah. So, yeah, communication is fantastic.
1: <laughs> and how great to know that someone is watching the big picture.
0: Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely.
1: You know, after, after all the work you've done and after all the different experiences that you've had in this business, how do you know when a project is right for you?
0: I think, well, you have to define what's right. Some people would say that being right for you means that it's going to get on the air because you need a job. It's <laughs> for, true. For some people, being right for you means it's a character that you can really open up. There's a lot of different definitions of being right for you. You know, what's right for you in your lifetime, right now? Well, sure. More than that, character being right for me as the character, because I don't think they've fully developed her. It's right for me in my life, and the reason it's right for me in my life is that I've been signed as a regular character to a show that is not going to require very much of me time-wise because the show is about the five teenagers. Mm -hmm. I'm one of their moms. And so I may have to work a day or two every other week, and yet it's going to be a good show. It's well-written. So what I do have to do, I'll get to sink my teeth into something. Excellent. And it'll leave space for me to do the Elements of Life thing and the Teen Whisperer and all these other things I've got going on. So it's perfect for me right now.
1: You know, my guess is that even – or not even, but at this point in your career, you only sign on to projects that mean something to you in some way, even if it's just in a minor way. I mean, I remember when you were here in September, and you were talking about Citizen Jane. And, you know, you were saying that even though it was a small part, you really wanted to work with that cast.
0: I really wanted to work with that cast. And also, there was the issue of – they offered this to me right when I was leaving Young and the Restless. And I just wanted to jump right into something different. I didn't want to be sitting around waiting looking. I wanted to just, boom, okay, that's done, <laughs> on to the next thing. So it was feeding different different parts of me, absolutely, and you have to be aware of that stuff.
1: Is it all just a big crapshoot even now? I mean, I remember 100 years ago you did a yes. show for CBS called <laughs> Courthouse, and, you yeah. know, the cast of this thing was incredible. there was Patricia Wedding and there was yeah. Jennifer Lewis and you and Robin Givens, I think, was in it and yeah. and it was hyped as, you know, one of those shows that was gonna save C B S, which was floundering at that time.
0: Right.
1: Uh you know, as much work as you've done and as much as you've seen, does it still stagger you to realise even now that it's just you never know how something's gonna turn out?
0: It doesn't stagger me. It is that that is the rule. Nobody knows anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the statement. Nobody knows anything. So that's just you have to live your life that way. Okay. <laughs> Next,
1: <laughs> embrace the unpredictability. Yep. So we've got Elements of Life launching February first. Yep. Nia's mm mm-hmm. Mhm. What's on the horizon for Nia Peoples beyond that?
0: Oh, I can't even think beyond that. <laughs> I, I, there's so much on my plate right now, and and I mean suddenly in the last few days it all <laughs> just kind of came together at the same time. I mean I heard about the Teen Whisperer schedule yesterday and i heard about pretty little liars yesterday so suddenly my schedule just went and here i was i was booking a little vacation (laughs) at the end of march i'm going well i think i need to book more vacations if i want to stay busy. you know how that
1: goes (laughs) so
0: you know for me honestly the elements of life thing it's a big part of who i am i really look forward to growing that and just seeing where it goes from here I am not pushing myself to stay in film and television and all of that. I'm allowing it to be. And if there's desire in me to continue that route, I will. But I'm not, what I don't want to do is set these hardcore plans because what happens, I think, if we set things too hard without enough desire attached to it, mm-hmm. then you really are looking only at that and you miss all the greater opportunities that come your way the greater blessings that are out there waiting for you. You really have to strike that balance between committing yourself to what you're doing and also dropping it and, and leaving your hands open to receive what's coming. Sure. So it's really an interesting balance to have to stand on.
1: Well, I tell you what, I predict that this is going to be a huge success for you, and I um, am going to stay in touch with you and, and kind of track its progress, and I'm going to be following elements of life even though I'm a man.
0: No, but that's, that's the thing. Honestly, I can't, it's kind of for women yeah, I'm but, I mean
1: to... it sounds like the basic topics here are something that anybody can relate to, no they matter are. no matter what age you are, no matter what gender you are, I mean it...
0: they're absolutely for everybody. Um, and we're going to create a little men's section on there um, just so that they don't feel left out. but I, I mean it's, it's two women because I'm a woman and sure so that's my voice, but everything pertains, it pertains to everybody. I just did a little piece on a documentary that was being done by a guy, Ken um, and he was, he's getting his, uh, his PhD about this kind of thing, and, and it was perfect, so he's going to be, a, right on there, on the website as well.
1: One more time, it's Elements of Life, it's Nia's Elements of Life dot com, and there are 12 chapters, there are 12 Elements of Life, and each current month's element is going to be free for that month, and each, uh, past month's element is going to be archived, and you're going to have to pay to, to view that material, but, it sounds like it's going to be well worth whatever, the, whatever the, uh, the amount is you have to pay.
0: I think it's like $10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone's got to get paid somewhere. I mean, there's an, an administrator. I don't know. Right now I'm paying for it, and that's okay too. <laughs> and
1: is there any chance that, that this will end up on iTunes or something? as a...
0: I, I thought, Hey, that would be great. Um, if I get through this, you know, once I get through the whole year and mm-hmm. I have the, the full dozen, I have the dirty dozen, um, I would love to package it up and offer it up that way. So, you know, because then you get to do the cover and you get to add sure. pictures and you get to do all that sort of thing. Sure, I'd love that.
1: And it would be great if, if your original plan of having a book to go along with this would end up, yes. you know, coming, being the fruit of this labor. I would love that. That would be amazing. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I have had a great time chatting with you as always.
0: Yes, my pleasure.
1: And I wish you the best of luck with this. I think it's going to be a smashing success for you.
0: I expect you to be a member of the Elements of Life troop. <laughs> uh, I damn well will be. Okay. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back. Okay, take care.
1: The phenomenal Nia Peoples, everybody, on Brandon's Buzz. Brandon's Buzz and the can. Let me tell you quickly how you can find Brandon's Buzz. If you're listening, you already know, but in case you don't, home base for Brandon's Buzz is blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. Uh, from there, you can listen to the show. You can download old shows. You can... Uh, uh, Send emails, leave comments. You can see what's been on the show, what is on the show, what's coming on the show. It's Mission Control for Brandon's Buzz. Again, it's BlogTalkRadio.com/slash, Brandon's Buzz. You can also find me at my blog, Brandon'sBuzz.com. There, at the top of any page on Brandon'sBuzz.com, is a blue radio button that says, or is a blue button that says radio. Uh, You click on that. That takes you to a full radio archive of all of my past episodes. This is episode number 52, this one, and all previous 51 will be available in the radio archive at brandon'sbuzz.com. Uh, you can also find me on iTunes. I'm on iTunes, right next to Neo People's. Just click uh, type Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box. Click on my puzzle piece logo. Uh, 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 from there, you can download individual old episodes as podcasts, and they're all there, or you can subscribe to the show and have new episodes automatically download to your library the minute they're uploaded to the music store. So I'm all over the Internet. There's no excuse not to be able to find me. I'm on uh, iTunes. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Google the words Brandon's Buzz, and something will pop up that points you in my direction. Uh, and I appreciate you guys coming in my direction and finding me, and I hope you continue finding and listening to Brandon's Buzz.
0: Hi, everybody out there. This is Eileen Kristen, and I have just been on Brandon's Buzz. This is a great show and a very sophisticated mind, so spread the word, Brandon's Buzz. This is Claire Massey from Tammy Show, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Great guy, great show. Check it out. Hey, guys,
1: this is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi,
0: this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So if you feel that you just can't take it and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it. Baby, when you live on a street of dreams Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon Buzz, the place to be. Hi, everybody.
1: This is Nicholas Walker. Merci à vous tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz
0: sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir, et à très bientôt.